week the difference between the way the philosophers told the world and the answer to that like we said is that we saw in the book HaKadosh Baruch spoke to people HaKadosh Baruch gave the Torah to people so obviously Hashem is interested in people so therefore once there's a Torah then there's no question anymore about is Hashem interested in the world or not and does Hashem uh, communicate with people or not it was something which is no longer a question of relevance because we have proof that he does but the question was, how did Avraham Avinu, who, who lived before Matantana, and how did Avraham Avinu come to a recognition of HaKadosh Baruch in the sense that not that Hashem is the creator, but that Hashem is the one who is running the world. He's the manic, without the proof of Matantana. Where did we see that in the world? Because again, just to recap what we said last time, what the philosophers saw, we see a world which runs. We see a world with a system in place where the world maintains itself. And therefore, even if it was created, but the Maitre was created with an operating system, which is the self-fixing, and if that's the case, there's no reason to assume that the Creator is still involved. That was what the arguments of philosophers were like we saw, and that's where Abraham Avinu came to argue. When Abraham Avinu comes to recognition that he actually the owner of a manic. That there has to be, there's a manic, not a creator, but a manic which is directing the world. And therefore the question was, where do we see, where do Ramavina see in the world, where do Ramavina see in the world that there's a manic? So this is something we began to talk about last time, this is the Chazal, the Midrash, because you have to understand the Oymak of what Chazal was saying. The Midrash says, a marshal to a person who is walking in the forest, and he comes across a house in the forest, and in the house he sees the lights, the, uh, it's a birra de lekas, it's lit up, the lights are nice. And the person notices the house with the lights on, and he says, actually the birra without a banner box. It must be that if the lights are on, there's somebody in the house. The same thing about Ram and he saw a birra de lekas, he saw that the lights were on. And that's our house, and therefore he said, actually the It has to be that there's a manic. And now he pointed out the Chazal very accurate what they said. If a person is wandering in the, in the forest and he comes across a ruin, he comes across a pile of stones, so then he can say that it must be that there was, it must be that there was a, somebody who once upon a time was here and built this. And that's true. Uh, he actually to even find a ruin of stones, an archaeological, uh, so to speak, site, without saying there must have once been people here. And uh, seeing an old house would be proof that there was once. But that's not what Chazal was trying to say. It wasn't what Avram was trying to look for. What he was looking to see was that not that there was a builder once in the house, but rather there's somebody inhabiting the house right now. It's not inhabiting the house right now. You see it, it's the lights around. That's not something which would be done a long time ago. That's something which would be there right now. And similarly, Avram Avinu, when he looks in the world, he saw the world as the Bira Manik, that there's a Bira Dalekis. The world is, so to speak, also Dalek. And if that's the case, it must be that there's a barrier there right now. And this is what Chazal telling us, again, with the Freshian's the explanation, the well, like kind of defined marshal, why did Abraham see in the world the answer to the claim of the philosophers? The philosophers claimed that the world works perfectly. It's a system which, which runs without the need of intervention of the barrier. And therefore, maybe once upon a time, he pressed, pressed play, and since then the world's been running on autopilot. Where did Abraham see in the world that it was not like that? So where did he see the world as a pure The world is the light of the world. Oh. So now firstly, uh, so for a very, very much, what does the word Dalekas mean? 
Because if you look in Tanakh, the word Dalakas really has three different meanings. So let's take what we have. The first one is Dalakas means to burn. Like a Dleka is a fire. So a very Dalakas is a world which is burning. The second one is Dalakas means to light up. We're going to light the candles. So uh, there's a combination between burning and, and producing light, but they have two different connotations. The one is that it produces light, it's a lit up world, it's a burning world. And there's a third meaning for the lakas also, which was in this expression. That you ran after me, you chased me. The, the lakas also means it's a running world. So Abraham Avinu saw in the world, it's a world which is burning, it's a world which is running, it's a world which is lit up. It's a bit of the lakas. And therefore, Abraham Avinu understood from that, there must be a man named Labir. There must be somebody who is directing the world. What did Abraham say? Doesn't Abraham Avinu saw? Again, it says maybe a little bit of Chiddush, but I think it works well with what I heard from my revelation. And that is, the Master, Abraham Avinu saw a world which is burning. He saw a world which is burning. What does it mean a world which is burning? When something burns, it means it produces a fire, but it gets used up. There's no such thing as something which can produce fire without itself getting destroyed in the process. When you put it, whether it's oil, whether it's wax, whether it's wood, whether whatever it's going to be which burns, the part of the burning be'etzim destroys whatever it's burning. And therefore, the nature of this world is things are always burning. Da'ino, things in this world are temporary and eventually use up their ability, their kium, and then they are whether it's people that die, whether it's things which disintegrate, trees die, everything in the world is a here temporarily. Everything here in the world is is always, so to speak, using up itself. It's, it's uh, in a sense, burning. It's producing what it can produce, but it runs the system out, and then it, it ends. And now Ramavina had a question. And that is, why was it necessary to have a world of everything being temporary? Why was it necessary to have a world where everything burns itself out. If we already assumed, obviously no one argued the point at that stage, that there was a body who created the world. So just like you can create things which are permanent, so why can't we create things in the world which are permanent? Why did the body create everything which is only here temporarily? There's nothing permanent in this world. Everything wears out, everything dies, everything falls apart. Everything is given a certain shelf life, a certain amount of time where it's active and able to do what it needs to do, and after that it, it, it ends. It dies. It, it, it no longer exists. What we call a biradelekis. What we call a world which is burning. Why? Why was it necessary to, again, assume, being as the Bari could create the world the way he wanted it to be, so why was it necessary to create a world which is always in self destruction which is always undoing itself? Isn't that impossible, though? What's impossible? That's about time. Isn't that in the spirit? For the buyer, it's not a steer. Remember, I should have said it in the rules of physics too. So if we're saying he's starting from wherever he wants to be, the buyer is every every option open to him. So he creates things in a way which they can't last. He creates things which are finite, and therefore by definition are going to disintegrate. Why? Why? And because of this, Abramavino came to the second part of his realization. And that is, it's because this world is not an end point. If this world was an end point, then there was no reason for things to end. Let them remain the way they are. If that's the case, because the world is dilecus, is burning, brings us to the second step. And that is, this world, the world is burning because the world is going somewhere. It's, a, it's an island which is dilecus, it's running. 
which means it's a stage to get somewhere else. And therefore, things are here in the process. It's not the end point, it's the process stage. And then, because if this would be the end point, there would be no reason for things to end. There would be no reason if you have a perfect system for things to wear out. If I could make a, a, a machine where the parts don't run, run themselves out, but it runs perfectly through you the whole time, it would be a much better machine with maintenance. If Hashem, therefore, Hashem could create the world where every fact, cog in the wheels which run the world, every item which is created and is needed would stay. Why is it everything created to fall apart, to die, to disintegrate? It's because it's not meant to be the final stage. It's, it's, a, it's, a, temporary, it's a temporary stage which is meant to go somewhere else. That's the second thing. Delekes. Delekes means that the world is running somewhere. The Maral points us out that the word for the world is Oretz. The world for the heaven is Shemai. And he says that the Oretz is Lashon Ratz. That the world is Ratz where? Shom. Today. There's a principle of it going somewhere else. It's Ratz Lashon. Ratz Shemai. And therefore, now, that's the second point. If that's the case, now we have a question. And that is, if the world isn't meant to be the final step, if the world is something which by definition is something which is temporary and therefore it's only something which is on its way somewhere else, it's the intermediate stage, so then what's the, what's the, where is it meant to be going to? Where is it meant to be going to? And the answer is, and it's the last one in the word delicious, it's meant to light something up. It's meant to produce a certain... Uh, delicious means not just to burn, but to produce light. And if that's the case, it's the third point of the world. It's meant to achieve something. It's not meant to be the way it is, it's meant to achieve I want to achieve something, so then I can see that the purpose of the world isn't that it is. The final stage of something can be that the purpose is the way it is. If it's meant to be temporary, that means that its, it's, it's, it's uh, purpose, its usefulness, is in what it can do in the state of right now. There's a certain depth there. If, if I want the things to be the way they are, that would be the man in its own right, so it'll be permanent. If I want something not to be the way it is, so I'm just bringing it to temporarily, it's because I wanted to do something here. It's not meant to be here in the long term, it's coming to do something. If you want a very simple marshal for this. If you have a family, so of course, you build a home. That's where the family is meant to be. You don't have questions what they're doing here, that's where they're meant to be. But if you bring in a repairment, what are you doing here? He's not meant to be here, you just come to do a job. So what's he come to do? Something which is temporary is because you want something to do something. Something which is permanent could be the place it's meant to be. Now, therefore, Abraham says, since everything in this world is here temporarily, I see nothing is created to be here permanently. It must be, it didn't come here to be here, it came here to do something. And if it came here to do something, then it must be that there's a purpose for what it came to do. And that's what we call the necklace, to provide light, to be married something. Whether it's the purpose of the Shama, whether it's the world, or it's the Irenic there's something that has a job to do. And therefore, the Maskon of Abraham's analysis was that we aren't here because that's the system which is meant to be, and that's, and that's here is the system that people are meant to be in the world. People stay in the world. We're here to do a job. And therefore we're here temporarily because that's what we need to do the job, not to stay. Once you come to the Havana, that destroys the whole basis of the philosophers. Philosophers, there's no purpose. There's no purpose. The world runs, that's it. Then it wouldn't run. Then it would stay still. And everybody here would stay forever. And therefore Abraham's Havana gets to the point, no, the world's here temporarily. People are here to do a job because then they're moving on. It's the lack, it's running. And uh, Mimela comes down to Mimela, of Rams and Moscona was, Mimela, there must be a purpose of persons here. There must be a purpose of persons here because it, since it's not something which is meant to be, so to speak, a final stage, since it's not something which is meant to be that a person stays in this world, then it must be he's coming to do something. 
And if that's the case, we've refuted the whole, the whole philosophy of the philosophers, which was, there's no meaning. A person's not here to do any job because there isn't a job given to him. That's not true. There is a meaning. There is a meaning, and the proof of that is, the person's only here temporarily. So therefore, a kohachach, he must be coming to do something, else he'll be here for it. Good. So that's the, that's the, the three-step process of Ram's uh, understanding. It's a bear which is Belekas, it's a temporary existence, which means it's a way station to somewhere else, which means it's here to do a job, not to remain here. Belekas, which is burning, Belekas, which is running, Belekas, which is producing that. Now let's go back to the mushroom. And that is, the person, in the, the traveler who sees the house with the lights on, and he says it must be that there's a man in the bureau, there must be someone in the house. If the lights are on, so then there must be someone here right now. Like we said, it was just a question of, did, was there once somebody here? To see an empty room, you can see there's once somebody here. You see, lights on means someone's here right now. If the world had been a system which there was basically based on a me- something which stayed the same, just like the ruin of the house, the bricks don't change, the, the rocks stay where they are, then that's a riot that it was. It was. If things stayed in the world the whole time, if nothing moved, then that's a riot that once upon a time was created. But if it's something which is always living, that people are being born, that people are dying, and things are coming into this, that things are being taken out of existence, it means that there's a process which there's a job to be doing the whole time. And therefore, it's not a system which is, was once created and forgotten about. It's a system which is active and meant to be doing something right now. You made it. Yes, mining Libera. There must be something right here now which is being happening, which needs to happen. And that's the case, why this, how the system runs. Three years old, he thought of this? I'm not sure he thought of this. Three years old at a later stage, but this was the process of Avram Savana, which brought him to the realization, not just that there's a barrier, it brought the realization there's a manic. There's a manic, which means there's a direction in the world. This time, no one challenged Bria? If something is created to stay, well, then you create it once, you need it, and it stays. But if it's something, you have to keep tra- making more, and that's replenishing it. So that means you have a re- you, you're trying to make something happen the whole time. Maybe I should put in the Bria that it can, people just have children and trees the, grow. Why are people dying? If you just want to the first thousand say. years he had whatever. So if, so that, that, if you want to assume that at some stage the plan changed, so that's fine. Whoever's dead, then stay there forever. You're done. I'm going to, you're not trying to get people to do anything. So whoever's around will stay around. And the full time will end there. There's not even to keep a system where you keep such a creating new unless you will have some reason for that. Keeping a system, you're just leaving the system. The system. Can no, but the system made. again. If you understand, the system wasn't that things are meant to be here. If you wanted to run an ecosystem, perfectly. So we need this amount of people, this amount of animals, this amount of birds, this amount of insects, this amount of bees, this amount of flowers, and leave those same original people and bees and birds and animals and flowers. Nothing has to move. You've created a system which works. And now, if you if everything has to keep being replenished. It means your idea wasn't just to create the system which works, because you could have left the original people to do that job. Right. It means that the, the, the person was here to do something specific. Right. And then, it's now, if, if that's the way Hashem created the world, then each new door of people he creates is with the same plan. And if at some stage Hashem changes and says, I have no Indian in people doing anything anymore, I just want the model to go back to being a working model without, without that idea that people are meant to do something. So whoever's around in the world, I'll just leave them. Why, 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 why change anything? Why, why do I have to keep the system running? There's no point in that. Whoever's there, leave them to run the world and finish. I don't have to, I don't have to make a system where things are always being recreated and, uh, so to speak, expiring and starting again. That, that's only necessary because I don't I want the system to run as a system. 
Think about it. If, it's, it's a logical thing. If I, if I wanted to make a machine, you say exactly the same idea as before, a machine which runs. I want to make an office which is doing a job. So I'm going to find the right staff member to finish his position, and I just leave them alone. You have a good system. Why do I have to keep replenishing people? Now, if, I, if, if I'm the kind of guy who every year finds staff and starts with new staff, my idea wasn't just to have a running office. If that was the case, I would leave my original staff and finish. If the reason I keep changing people is obviously because they came to do something and now they finished. I get new people to do something. That means that there's something to do, not just to be. If I, well, my plan was only that there should be a world, there should be a model which can operate, then leave a model. You made it work, it works perfectly, leave it alone. I keep telling people, think to take, everything has to, it has to be replenished all the time, everything has to be replaced. It must be because it wasn't just to be, and I could have left the original thing. At whatever stage, that was a decision, even if it was after a thousand years. At whatever stage, my decision, Hashem's decision was right now, I'm not interested to let the world just carry on the way it is. So then just leave whatever's here. And whether it's a change, it's not going to change that the way the system is set. Part of the deadness of Abraham Avinu's way of seeing the world, which, like I said, is uh, was where he saw the manic. Where he saw in the Gura Delekis, that's where he saw the manic. But that was Abraham Avinu. The Kazarian opposite doesn't go that route, because even though the Muna of Abraham could, like the Rambam tells us the Marin Vukim, did dispute and could could uh, disprove any other philosophy, but the Maisa that was before Matan Torah, once in Matan Torah, we have a much better argument. We don't, have to get into, we don't have to discuss the philosophy or the logic of it. Our argument is, Hashem is interested in the world, and the proof of that is, is Hashem spoke to us. Hashem tells us we must do it. So we can't say that Hashem is the last more interested in the world. The, the, the facts that themselves prove otherwise. And that's what the, that's the root of Kuzari goes. And he says that, Anyone who heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu speak, his instructions, his warnings, the fact that he punishes and rewards. He gives a call Hashem with the title which refers to his giving us the Torah, punishing us, rewarding us. As good as he was a creator. And what do we know? And the first person Hashem created Adam Rishon. So then, what's the, what is the story of Adam? Hashem. Adam wouldn't have known Hashem. Enough of the fact Hashem spoke to him. So did Adam have any doubts who created him? No. Because Hashem spoke to him straight away. And therefore he knew that he was created. And like we said, Hashem, Hashem told him what, what your, your job is, where you're being placed in the world, what you have to do. And uh, so he had no, no doubts about what, what, what he was there for. Hashem spoke to him. Hashem threatened to punish him and offered to reward him, and he did punish him. Whatever on there. Hashem created a that Adam saw himself. It was no psychos about him. And therefore, Adam could call Hashem Hashem because he, was, he didn't have to uh, analyze and prove that Hashem Baruch was there and was involved in his life. He saw it, he heard it. It's true. If not for the fact that Hashem spoke to him, then he would have seen, I see a world which is created, I have no idea who the creator is or what the creator is. So that's how it's called the Melakim. And that came with Mishael and Mishael and There's a tremendous force of power uh, who could create such a thing, but I don't know who he is. But since Adam did know who he was, he didn't call him Melakim, he called him Hashem. Which means he had personal knowledge of him. And because otherwise he wouldn't know who he is, what he is. Without that, maybe Adam would have had focus. But never got to that because 
Hashem revealed Himself. Same thing. So they learned about Hashem from their father of, uh, of, of Adam, and as well as that, really had a voice. You see, even Cain, who was uh, maybe not the tzaddik of the brothers, Hashem spoke to him twice. So he didn't have sickness about Hashem, or there's a world of this. Hashem warned him, Hashem spoke to him, Hashem punished him. It was a first-hand experience. But they didn't know about him being Yudke Vavke only from... If. If they would never have spoken to him, and they would have just seen the world, and not known anything more than that, then maybe they would have thought the world is that okay. There's a power here, but we don't know what it is. I mean, but the, the, the Nevoah that Cain got was not a Nevoah that, that Adam had. It wasn't, but he heard Nevoah. And therefore he had no doubt that there's a Hashem who's running the world, there's a God who's running the world, and he's speaking to me. And that's the case. He had no focus that there was a Creator. But all these things, Harva, Inish, and whatever, whatever, whatever Yudkevavke represents, right. That he had the Messiah, or that was part of the, that was from the Nebuah. He had the Messiah, and he also had a Nebuah. The Nebuah of the brother, you him. could overcome the, that. And yes, yes, which means you heard Hashem speak, and you heard Hashem threaten to punish. So he had that like that there's the Hashem, there's the, there's the ultimate who's talking to him. Bachinah also had Hashem, Bachinah. Also, Kain saw that Hashem chose to have us covered over his. Right, so there wasn't and something. Is a right, active as well. 100%. All the missing which happened. For sure, no, it's all the flood. Hashem spoke to him a number of times. And therefore, he says there was never a time when people were really left to not knowing how the world works or having to try and analyze and philosophize on their own. Is there a boy and what's the boy doing? Because right from the word God, because it's proper dealt with people, and no one ever dealt with that. Anyone after Moshe Ben who was aware of Latin terror. So, of course, they called Hashem Hashem because they saw him or they heard him. And the nation who was Makabal for the Torah, so because they've been, they, they were also, in their Muna, they were able to see whatever they saw in Harsinai, so they called Hashem as well. Because HaKadosh Baruch spoke to people, he dealt with people, he showed them his miracles. And people can, which means the, the chosen people connected to him. When they saw him in the sense of what's called the Kavod of Hashem, or the Shkren of Hashem, or the Malchus of Hashem, we call the Eish, which is the Eish of the Mizbech, or the Anon, which is the Kavod, the Tmuna, the Mara, the Keshes. These are all titles for Kilo seeing or experiencing the fact that Akhazash Baruch was involved with him. And what the Kazar is trying to bring out in his way is what the Ramban says. The future short words of Hashem Sayyidi in his lashon, and he says the philosophers of the Yevanim came along thinking that Kilo we re- we started from scratch. So let's philosophers. Who says that's a card? He said it's involved. No, 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 we can think of logically we'll come to that conclusion. And like Ramban says that the Yevanim were a new nation. They didn't rely on any Messiah. They tried to work out things from the, on their own. But the Messiah was for years before that everybody accepted there was a, that there was a Creator. There was never a doubt about that. And the Gazar is going the same route. It wasn't that Akira that the spikes of the Yavanim and the philosophical uh, angle that they took was something which the world held it before. On the contrary, from Adam Arishan's time, it was always clear and it was always partial that there was a God, a creator who was involved in the world. The Yavanim who didn't have that Messiah, so now they try to roll back the clock. Let's start again. Who says? How do we know? But they, they were the ones who were coming to be mighty. They were the ones who were coming to change what was accepted by the whole world and told it. Well, we said that there were Nevi'im that lived even after by Anshak Nesakdal, those who had, those who already had Nebuah continued having Nebuah. 
Yeah. So the Greeks only started after the last Nabi died. That was the Alexander became a king. But even Alexander, as an 18, the argument of the Gazai. Don't think that they were the. That was the initial. We're trying to change it. It's the other way around. A similar kind of argument. People think that Kilu, that you know, you have to prove that there's religion that Kaisha have to keep mitzvahs. No, because they think the starting point is people are irreligious. They don't keep anything. They're atheists. Now you have to try and start the other way around and prove it. Really, it's not that. For thousands of years, Kaisal kept the Torah. 200, 250 years ago, there became a wave against the people demanding Yiddishkeit. They were the ones who changed. It wasn't that Kiilu that we're changing the picture and we're looking for a meaning in life and finding Hashem. Kaisal always had Hashem. It looks like the Greeks. They came to reverse a system which was accepted by everybody. No, we don't accept. We don't know. Atheism is a Greek word. We don't believe. You're the ones changing. No one ever had sex about this before. And therefore, people take their position, so maybe they're right. There wasn't, in fact, because I was pointing out to us, Dairi, Dairis, no one held like that. From other Russians' time, everyone knew that there was the war. Everyone saw in every generation that there was a concept of Hashem as to people. And the same thing over here. Kaishal were always my many. Kaishal always accepted the Torah. Unfortunately, so many Jews, at whatever stage it was, abandoned Yiddishkeit. They were the ones who changed. They gave up what Kaisha always knew. It's not that we coming to change something. That was we were holding on to Masora, which is which predates them by centuries. Were they looking for the truth? But the philosophers were wise men. They were Chachamim. So when Aristotle, he was a genius. Like the Rambam says. So why did they come to the MS? They weren't clever enough. Says Rambam, a person will only come to the MS. If he's willing to accept the MS. If a person decided Mirosh, this isn't an option. So then I, I, I'm, I've cancelled that as a possibility. I'm only looking for other options. So that's not an option. I'm not going to look down that track. And therefore, since the starting point of philosophy is, if you don't see, we don't believe. And therefore, we have to be able to see it, understand it, prove it. If we can't, we don't accept it. So then of course you're not going to find Hashem. You've created a criteria where you, you've cancelled any possibility of going in that direction. And therefore, as much as a Chacham and a Mechadish here are, you'll have to kind of think of some other possibility. Well, why don't you consider the possibility that there's something else? Because once you've defined Mirosh, that's beyond what the, the options we're willing to accept, so you won't find it. And therefore, I'll say it in simple words, if the philosophers would have gone into philosophy with an open mind, an open mind that Hashem is an option, Hashem is an option, then that's the case, they would have found that that's the most logical option. It answers all the questions. But being, being as they started with the position of, that's not an option. So we can only look at other possibilities, and of course, they're going to avoid it. And they'll have to mechadish whatever they're going to mechadish, and try and think of any other as far as they can, because they want to avoid the obvious. And uh, who is the mechadish of this way of thinking, well, this, this point I just told you now? Uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm not from Jewish scientists. There's no one that because when presented with proof, and we were talking about this in the beginning of the Kazari, I'll say it again, when they presented him with proof based on his own theory that the world must have been created, he refused to accept it. And they said, it's logical, just go through the calculations. That's the Moscone you're going to come to. His response was, I don't want to entertain that possibility. 
I don't want to think about the possibility that there was a Kriyat. And therefore, he's a bright man. And had he given it a fair chance, he probably would have decided it's true. But if a person isn't prepared to consider that science, he's not going to come out with that science. He's refusing to look at it. That isn't a sign of intelligence. That's a sign of the night. And he said it himself. He said that we were trying our best to ignore the fact that there's a creator. At a certain stage of his life, he couldn't deny it because he showed him evidence. At a certain stage of his life, Einstein, he couldn't deny it. They showed him the evidence. It wasn't in calculations. They showed him the telescopes. Which they then had the Hubble telescope. It was undeniable that the world was expanding. And he basically wrote a letter, which we have, which he says that he was always trying to avoid coming to, having to admit that there's a, there's a possibility of a creator. Because they were, they were obligated. And he never admitted that. He still denied it. He said this, he can't argue with the facts, but he never wanted to admit that. Which means, and that's exactly what the Greeks also did. They were intelligent men, no one's denying that. They were advanced. If you're not going to consider all options, You've decided by Rosh that something is not an option, so then of course you're not going to decide it's a possibility. You've ruled it out before giving it a chance. And therefore, since they weren't prepared to accept the option of Hashem creating the world, they had to look for anything else they could think of. But that's not a sign of logic. If you are prepared to consider it, and you'll see that it makes more sense, so then the logic will dictate that's what you have to accept. And now today, when we have proof that the world is expanding, so what does that mean? That there must have been a creation. Well, you can't argue with that, because if the world at a starting point and it's gotten to a certain stage, it must have been created. Okay? So, why don't people accept it? Why isn't it considered today to be an absolute obvious point? Because people don't want to. It's not an option. It's not an option. Today, scientists are following the footsteps of the Greeks. It's not an option. They're going to come with any other theory, improvable, illogical, doesn't make a difference. As long as it's not accepting that there was a creator. So there's a big bang, or there was whatever other name you want to give it. But it's not it's not created, not created. Why not? No, it's not an option. Which means the fact that uh, even people who are chachamim didn't come to Imana doesn't mean Imana is logical. That means they were logical. They weren't prepared to consider it as an option. So,